Welcome to the Truly Mental Podcast. I'm Libby and this is episode 98. It's lovely to have you with me. If you're new to the show, welcome. And if you've been lots of times before, welcome back. It's been a while since I did a podcast. I did that kind of crazy in the chaos one uh, when I was in a half demolished state in my house. But I'm back in my sort of out... (laughs) office it's not it's an alcove in my hallway which is actually a bit longer which is why I can put the camera a little bit further away from me which is great so you don't just have my whole face taking up the whole screen and I can hopefully show you things a little bit better anyway I'm back in my space but it's not finished we're not finished everything has to be painted the flooring hasn't been done and there's still vast areas in our house that have not been touched but little by little by little Things are changing around here, which is really nice. And I'm loving having a bigger desk and I'm loving spreading out. I've got so many things to talk to you about today. I've got lots of little things to tell you in the beginning. And then I've got a lovely long interview for you to enjoy. So should we just get on with it and see what I've got to talk about? The first thing is I just released a new pattern last week. Um, I did mean to do a podcast to tell you about it. And then time got away with me and I, oh, Anyway, here it is. So I released it, well, I re-released a shawl. It's this shawl, it's Mindful Shawl. It was it was a shawl that I released a while ago. It's a two skein fingering shawl, can you see that? Um, it's got this really pretty lace on it, sort of quite architectural, um, sort of one chevron flows into another, comes in two sizes. The original shawl that I did um, would have been 2015 now. I released the Mindful Shawl, was used, used one skein of fingering. And I did a lot of one skein shawls at that time. I had a lot of single skeins in my stash. Big shawls weren't really a thing. I think everyone was slightly more cautious about using lots of yarn for shawls. There just weren't that many around. And I did lots of single skein shawls. And... The original one I did was this size. So it's this perfect round your neck size. Um, It's a really nice little size to wear around your neck. But over the years, I've developed a bit of a thing about bigger shawls. I really enjoy bigger shawls now. And this isn't huge. It's still only two skeins. But I just thought it gave, see how much bigger it is? Just so much just so much more shawl to love, really, this big one. So I just think it gives you a little bit more drama around your neck. It's got these lovely chevrons at the bottom, ah, chevrons, lovely um, lace at the bottom with Pico Edge. Anyway, I just think it gives you a little more drama when you're wearing it with the biggest shawl. So it's just two skeins. So what I decided to do, I went back to the pattern and I thought, well, originally I just thought, I'll just update this pattern. Um, You can't get the old yarn anymore and I'll just update it to my new format because if you've bought a few of my patterns, you'll see I've got some in my old format um, and then I've got a whole all my new ones are in this lovely new easy to read open spaces um, format actually I'll say something quickly about that I've been meaning to say it for ages so on in my new format of patterns I because I do print as well as pdfs I have um, photos on their own on pages and I need everything to be a multiple of four 
so that it's easy for printing. So rather than just have lots of time and energy spending into having some for PDF and some for print, I plan it all as if it can be printed, which is great because what I do is I put all the photos on their own pages. So I've had a few comments about that. Some uh, people were unsure about wanting to print if they print them out, whether they wanted to print all the pages. We don't have to. You don't have to print all the photos. The nice thing is you could leave off a few pages if there are pages of just photos. You could just leave them off when you're printing and it makes it quite quick and easy. Whenever I'm printing my own patterns to check them, I've got one right here which is coming out shortly, I always print them two pages to, a, to an A4 if you're in uh, A4 land. <laughs> um, they fit beautifully into uh, A5 size, which is how I print them. So I actually use half a page anyway, but you'll see, actually this one doesn't have a full page photo in it because I've filled it all with instructions. But if you do, you could just leave off the whole full page photo and just print the pattern without it in it. Um, so other people have said to me they love having the full page photos, which is great because um, they get to see way more detail. So rather than just a little tiny photo hidden in the corner that shows you something about the shawl, I try and give you helpful photos that show you a bit of detail of things you might be wanting to work on in a bigger photo. So you can, I, I just think it gives you a better illustration to use. So it's totally up to you how much you decide to print but it's there if you need it, the extra photos. I've been meaning to say that for ages, I just wanted to say that, just in case anyone had any questions. But I do love my new format because there's just space in it. Um, there's room to breathe in it, I really enjoy that. So, what did I say? I was talking about mindful. Anyway, I went back to the pattern and I thought, I'll just update it to my new format um, so that it's, you know, I can get it off for printing and it's easy to read and all these things. And once I was in there, I thought, do you know what? This would make a really good two skein shawl. It really would. I can see how I could make it bigger. Um, so I thought I just will. So what I did was I had some, I had a single skein in this beautiful pink of Eden Cottage Titus fingering four ply, which is a silk merino blend. It's 70% merino, 30% uh, silk, which is I think one of my favorite silk merino blends. So I had this beautiful pink, which is called Faded Bloom. I had one skein of that, and I had two skeins of this one which is bark. Um, so I had two skeins of bark and one skein of pink, and I thought, you know what, I well, I just love this brownie colour, because it's not a sort of a strict brown, is it? It's sort of got um, sort of a blue base to it. It's not a yellow brown. It's In fact, they're both quite blue toned. Um, and it's got, it's just gentle. It's a gentle brown. I feel like it's quite a modern brown. But anyway, I had two skeins of that, and I decided to adjust the pattern so that it fitted as a bigger size into two skeins. And then I basically just rewrote the whole pattern. I changed the beginning so that it has a better start. Uh, I think it's a better start. I used a different tab cast on, which incorporates the holes across the top. You know, the little holes that you have running down the side when you do the knit yarn over knit increases in a crescent shawl, because these are both crescents. Um, there's a cast on, which I love, a tab cast on, which I've made a video for, I've used it before, um, which includes those holes at the very top so that the holes run the length of the border. So I, I, I swapped that one in. Um, I changed a few things. My my, lang my language when I'm writing has changed over the years. I think I've just got better. I've just learned as I've gone along. So I changed uh, a lot of the way I say things in the pattern and I just rewrote the charts because the new charts are better. <laughs> so um, I rewrote the chart. Everything's new, different and better, hopefully better and easier for you to follow. And you've got two sizes in it. 
So then I relaunched it with lovely uh, Victoria from Eden Cottage last Friday, and she had yarn. She might still have some in the shop. It's worth going and having a look. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes. You can find all those. Um, I'll put a link under the YouTube channel, and if you're already in my um, website watching this, then you'll have the show notes underneath. But it's www.trulymyrtle.com forward slash blog forward slash EP98. That's where you'll find the show notes. I'll put a little thing along here, shall I? Like, look along there. I might be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, it's mindful. She's new. Like, she's a bit of thinking. Uh, if you're totally and utterly new to lace, you might want to try something else first. It's not that it's anything as hard about it. There's no hard stitches or difficult stitches or stitches that are, like, mind-blowing. Nothing like that. But some of the rows have lace on every row. Some of, you know, some of the, um, yeah, some of the lace is lace on every row. So you just have to... Be mindful. Just have to have a little think about what you're doing. But you know the thing I've loved most about it? I, I've been doing this course with um, Stacia for her Stacia Style School. It's just finished. I've had an absolute ball. It's been so interesting for me to do it. I'm going to talk to you more about that. I keep saying that and I will because I want to interview Stacia and have a long conversation about what she's up to. Um, but the thing I realized doing that course was how much I love wearing something I guess feminine or pretty or uh, light, you know, like a light all over lace or sequins or um, glittery or I, I really love those things, but I'm not, a, I don't feel like I'm a prissy, you know, I like to get stuff done and um, I feel like I'm quite practical, but I really am drawn to those shiny things and, and pretty things and I'll tell you more about why I think that is another day, but I love it combined with sort of gritty, real, raw um, denim and um, ripped and texture and, and you know, rawness, really. So it's like um, gritty sparkle. I like that term, that sort of feisty. I, I just love that, that. I love the way that collides. That seems to feel so right for me. So the thing about this shawl is I have seen people make it and dress it up. It just looks absolutely glorious, dressed up for an evening, a wedding, a um, you know, a ball, a, a special event or all sorts of things draped over a, a formal gown. It just looks amazing like that. But equally, you know how I would like to wear it, which I kind of did wear it in my photos, was just more casual. Just wear it really casually with... Um, preferably ripped jeans, although none of my jeans are ripped at the moment. I have to probably rip some to make ripped jeans, so I don't think I'm going to do that. But um, some sort of gritty something, and you just chuck your lace shawl over the top, and it just gives this nice balance, I think. I, I have to articulate it better, but I hopefully you know what I mean. Um, but anyway, that's how I like to wear it. So that's Mindful Shawl. I've probably told you enough about that. You can find all the details in the show notes. It's up on Ravelry. And it's also going to be in the Making Things app. Now, the Making Things app I wanted to talk to you about um, a lot today because it's launching. It's launched this week. It's super exciting. It's a whole new way of um, working with patterns. But before I do that, I have quick um, two quick things to tell you about that are happening. Um, on Monday... The 1st of November, New Zealand time, the Unwind Yarn event, which is in March, the first weekend of March next year, is open for registration, and I am teaching. Yay, I haven't taught there before. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm doing a big lecture-style class, which I am so looking forward to. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Um, it's all about yarn choices and choosing patterns and um, 
making garments, spark garments, that work, that you want to wear. So that's what it's about. Um, and just giving you some ideas and tips and things. So that class is my big class that I'm doing. Um, and I'm also running two mini classes. So there are limited tickets for those. And one is on picking up stitches. So just to make a beautiful neckline and button bands. So I love picking up stitches. I find it really satisfying. Um, I've got some great little tips and tricks that I can show you about that. So come along if you're interested. It's a quickie class. It's half an hour. I'm going to fire some stuff at you. We'll have a quick go and you can be on your way. So that one's up for sale as well on Monday the 1st. And the other one that's open is German short rows. So I'm going to show you how I do short rows. My preferred method is German short rows. They are virtually invisible. You can swap them in for any other type of short row in a pattern. Uh, they're easy. I'll show you how I write them. I'll show you how I do them. And you'll be able to go away and feel pretty confident about doing short rows. So those are my three classes. That's also a quickie class. Just half an hour. I'm going to fire information at you. I'm going to show you how to do it. We're going to have a go. And you'll know, you'll learn one really useful, cool technique. Um, so, as I said, those last two are just limited spaces. The first big sort of talk that I'm going to do, I'm going to do a bit of a demo and talk for you. Um, that's uh, And more people can come along to that, so you don't have to be quite so panicky about booking a ticket for that one. Although you should, because there are only limited numbers, but it's a bigger number than the quick fire classes. So those all go um, live on the 1st of November you've got to be in fast because the classes will sell out quite fast. Register for Unwind and then register for the classes. I'm going to be floating around for the rest of the weekend. The nice thing about Unwind is that it's a sort of a closed event. So uh, I think there's about 175 people. I'm pretty sure that's about the number of people that are around uh, for the, for the um, event, around 200 people. And we're all in the same space. And so we get to eat together and spend time together and um, I'll have all my samples there. You'll have the whole weekend where you can come and see me and try stuff on. Uh, if you're not in my classes, I'm just going to nip off a couple of times for classes. But mostly, I'm going for my own classes. But mostly, I'm going to be around and available for questions. Bring your patterns, show me your yarn, try my things on. It's going to be really fun. So that's the first weekend of March next year. Again, I'll put links in the show notes. So go and check it out and make sure you get in so you get the classes you want. There are lots of other fabulous classes. So just go and see which ones you want to do and make sure you book. Make sure you book. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is I'm actually off to Sydney again um, in November. It's going to be a fantastic whirlwind trip. I'm going in the last weekend of November. Now, I'm afraid all the classes sold out really fast. I'm teaching a lot that weekend. But um, we're having a knit night on the Friday night in the, in the shop. So come along to Skane Sisters in Sydney on Friday night for the knit night. That's going to be really good fun. And then come again on Saturday um, in the afternoon and we're having a whole style you session. So I'm going to have all my stuff there. I can try things on you. I'm going to tell you, I can. we can take some quick measurements if you're unsure about things. I can tell you how I think you should adjust things to make them work for you. I'll show you how to wear shawls so that they suit you. I'll show you um, cardigan styles that I think will work for you, how you can adapt stuff. Um, we're going to have really good fun. It's going to be busy and energetic and it's just the thing I love to do the best. I love, I absolutely love um, trying everything on you and talking to you and listening to what you have to say and what you're after and then seeing if I can give you a hand with that. So that's Saturday afternoon, the last weekend of November, I think it's the 26th. I will see you there in Sydney.
it's going to be great. Can someone tell me what the weather's going to be like? Because it's still really cold here and raining and I need to know what I should be wearing in Sydney. I think I should sew some new things, don't you? I think I should. Last time I went to Sydney, I sewed a bunch of stuff and it was great. And I think I should sew some new things because it might be hot. I think it might be hotter than here. So somebody, please tell me, give me some information about the weather and the last weekend of November in Sydney. That would be great. Right. So the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was the Making Things app. And this is huge. I've actually got an interview with Megan Elizabeth, who has set up the whole Making Things app, which is going to follow right after I do this blurb. But um, I wanted to talk to you a bit about it and what I think about it and why I think it's super exciting for the way knitting has grown and developed over the years. So I, uh, um, yeah, through the course of this year, I've come to hear about Making Things. And as you'll hear from um, Megan Elizabeth, you can hear her whole story about about how it originated. So basically, it's an online service. Think of it like the library or Netflix, where you pay a subscription fee and you get access to a thousand, more than a thousand patterns, I think, are up there already, and it's growing every day. So you just get to use whatever you want every month. You have free access to everything. So if you have Netflix, I have Netflix. Um, you can download programs you want to watch. There's no cap on how many you use. And you can choose from everything that's available um, whenever you want. But you just pay a monthly subscription fee. So the monthly fee for this is similar. It's $11.99 a month. That's US dollars, $11.99 a month. Um, there aren't any free trials. There isn't a long sort of sign-up contract. You can get in and you can get out whenever you want. But if you sign up from the very, from the word go, you have access to everything that's there. What that means is that you can go into the app, which at the moment is, is online. There are plans to take it so you can use it offline um, as well. So you can take things wherever you go. You get access to all the patterns and you can download them. Well, they're there on your phone or your tablet or your um, computer. I like, I have a big phone. Like I have a because I'm getting old and blind. So I have a big phone now. I have a, an eight plus thing. It's like a small car in my pocket, the cost of a small car. But anyway, I have a big phone. Um, I actually think I would really like a mini tablet or an iPad to use patterns on, but my phone is great. And over the years, I have moved away from printing patterns. I do do a final print of my patterns when I'm editing them, mostly because I give it to Mr. Myrtle to look at and he has a final read through for me. And um, sometimes I find it easier to catch mistakes when I'm reading it in a new way on paper. But for the most part, I use my phone. I um, put patterns onto my phone and I use everything digitally. I didn't even realize it was happening, but I've totally moved away from using paper patterns. I just don't really. And even in books, I'm, I would probably photograph it and put it into an app I've got on my phone to use them digitally. I just find it so much easier because I've always got my phone with me. It slips into my project bag or in my bag, and um, I just really like using my, I can scroll in, I can scroll out, I can make notes on it, it's great. So what the Making Things app is, it basically gives me all the functions that I'm already using with on my phone, but it gives me tools as well. So I can see the charts on my phone. It's all interactive. I can flip across to charts. I can flip back to the pattern. I can use highlighters. I can write notes on. I can put note, um, you know, bookmarks in. I can do all sorts of things within the app to make it really easy for me. 
um, I think there are rulers and also there are all sorts of tools in there. So my quick look through when my, now my patterns are live and I can see how they're going to work is they're lovely. It's a very beautifully laid out app. Um, and I just think for the way I use patterns, certainly, and I think a lot of you too, with sort of the internet's changed everything and then everything's digital, I just use them online. And so this would be amazing if I could nip in and out and grab whatever patterns I wanted. So that's essentially how it works. So the other things they've got in there are um, a lot of tutorials. They've made a lot of video tutorials so that all the stitches if you have questions about or not even have questions about, there are linked to tutorials. So you can just quickly look something up. You don't have to go and Google it on YouTube. Um, tutorials that I've made for my patterns, I understand, are available through the app as well. Um, they may have remade some. Or there might be links to ones that I've already made. Um, there are... Um, a help desk so if you're stuck at any time 24 hours you can send a message one of those little message boxes pops up you can send a message help I'm stuck on row three I don't know what's happened I've only got six stitches left and this says I should have five where do you think I've gone wrong um, or things like I'm going to make this and I've only got this much yarn or what size do you all the questions that I usually get you can actually send to making things and they don't go to sleep so unlike me who goes to sleep they're awake 24-7 and just right there to answer your question and they can talk you through stuff that you have a problem with. That is genius. You ask me, that's genius. It's amazing. Imagine, I mean, I feel really bad. Sometimes it takes me a day or two to get back to people when they send me a question. Um, and sometimes they say, oh, don't worry about it. I've worked it out in the meantime, which is great. But other times they're really stuck and I can just say to them, have you, make sure you double count, you know, just count how many stitches you had when you started and don't forget there's a little yarn over there that might be a bit tricky. And if you've got to wait and you just want to get on with your pattern, imagine having instant access to the answer would be great. So that service is incredible as well. Anyway, I'm really excited about it. There's lots and lots of plans to kind of roll out with this. They're, they're really good at listening. They've done lots of um, trials with people where they've taken, you know, like a beta testing. Um, so they've listened to what people want and what they're after. But it's a sense of creating a community. I think the plan is that everything can happen in this app that you can go and you can get access to the patterns, you can have knit logs together, you can talk to each other, and all of these things are going to be rolled out over time. But if you have something you want to see there, just tell them, because they're totally open to listening to new stuff that's going to happen. I think it's really cool. I just think it's totally pr practical for how we work today. So I'm still going to have all my stuff on Ravelry, and I'm still going to have my paper patterns available through shops um, and at markets and things, but this is just another tool that's wonderful that is available to us now to use and if you're someone who races through a lot of patterns um, $11.99 a month is actually a really good price for getting a whole lot of patterns every month or anything you can have anything so if you want to make 16 hats in one month make 16 hats in one month it'll only cost you $11.95 it's great right um, yeah I think it's really exciting now look it's not going to be for everyone because you can't print from the app you can't download them the idea is that it's good for designers too that it helps protect our copyright um, and our intellectual property and our patterns and so the patterns stay on the app so although you can get out at any time the patterns will stay on the app so you can't you can't print them out as well so if you're totally addicted to printing out your patterns and you love having a paper pattern and writing all over it and taking it everywhere um, that's not going to be that's not it may not work for you and that's fine it's fine because there's still all the other options going to be available but anyway, I'm going to hand you over now to Megan Elizabeth. I had a lovely long talk to her. She's really sweet. Um, she's been busy as a flea for ages. 
um, trying to get this thing up and running and it's available now so go and join or go and have a look you can actually look at all the patterns that are in there right now now I've got a code that they've given me that I can use to get you in the app and if you use my code it's actually really good for me because then I get paid a little bit if you sign up through the app I, like, I have to be honest about that. <laughs> so I have got a code, and if you use that first and then you wander around a rabbit hole and then you end up signing up, um, I get kind of, well, yeah, it's nice for me because then I get a reward for sending you over and um, and, and helping join you up there. So I've got the code. Shall I tell you what it is? I've written it down. I'll put it here as well so you can read it on the screen. But if you're listening on audio, it's HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash makingthin.gs forward slash Trudy Myrtle. That's not hard, is it? Making thin, makingthin.gs forward slash Trudy Myrtle. So sign up, if you sign up through the code, look, if you have a designer you love more than me, <laughs> go and sign up through their code. Um, but it's just a really nice way of saying, hey, I, I, found, I found you through Libby. I'm coming in and... Um, Give Libby a thumbs up for me because I found you through Libby. And that's really nice. <laughs> so, um, yeah. it's it's In fact, the payment for designers is actually going to be really interesting. It's an interesting model for me um, as a designer because, you know, it's hard work earning money from knitting patterns. But um, the way it's going to work is that I will be paid a percentage of your monthly fee if you use my patterns in that month. So if you use a whole bunch of patterns, I'll get paid whatever proportionally you used of my pattern um, that month. So it's gonna, it's gonna be really interesting for me to see how it goes. So I guess the more people, the better for all of these things, but it has the potential of really supporting designers, um, independent designers, where you know we're a one woman band, most of us, which I find super exciting that this is also a whole sort of, uh, this has started with a one woman band and now she's expanded and she's got all these women working for her. Uh, to set up this app. Pretty, we're doing pretty awesome stuff, you guys, <laughs> out there in the world and our little secret knitting community that nobody seems to know about. But it is really exciting. So um, yeah, if you want to sign up, I'll put a link in the show notes. I've run the link under the screen and um, go and have a look. You don't have to commit before you've seen all the patterns. At the moment, a lot of my patterns are there. Over time, all of my patterns will be there. And sometimes I might... I haven't totally decided, but I might do some Making Things app exclusive patterns for a bit anyway. And just see how that goes. I'm going to experiment and see how it goes. Anyway, I'm handing you over to Megan Elizabeth. I will see you next time. Have a lovely couple of weeks and do lots of knitting and maybe sewing. Maybe we should do some sewing. I talked to someone about doing a sew along yesterday. We should do that, shouldn't we? Just a quick summer sew, sew along for us people down here who just want to make some quick summer clothes. Hey, I'll see you later. Bye, everybody. It's just like, yeah, the, the response has been like, oh, my God, we need something. And, this, yeah. okay, it's like everyone was looking for something, and when we turned up, they were like, that's ah! it. We didn't know it was that, but now we know it's that. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right, so how about um, I'm really curious to hear about you, the face of um, the Making Things app. And you've got a team behind you, obviously, but I'm really curious to hear sort of this path that brought you here because I'm sure you didn't wake up, you know, years ago and decide this was going to happen. You've had, you've started Wool Days. How many years ago was that now with Wool Days? Um, about three years ago for Wool Days, yeah. 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 So tell me the story of how you've kind of got into the fibre industry and I guess your 
background, sort of how the passion grew is what I'm curious yeah. about. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So pull me back if I go wandering. Oh, I love a so good wander. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, grandma, mum, aunties, like I grew up very much in with around people that knit and sew and it was just a, it was just a thing that we did. So whenever we spent um, time with grandma over Christmas, I'd always, you know, knit a little scarf like you know when you knit your little scarf this big and it feels like the biggest thing in the whole world I remember the, the first scarf and I put tassels on it was great and that was before I started school so quite young and then it was just um it was just always 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 a part of what I did even when it was I knew growing up I didn't have any friends that did it yeah. we went to uh, um it just it but it was always something that I did and it was just something that I'd do a lot more in winter and I played a lot of sports in summer. Um, I remember in year nine, I went to a I went to a very nice private school, and in year nine we did this program called Learning Journeys, and everyone had to do something different. It was you know some people got their pilot's license, some people learned wow. to drive race cars. It was you know to do something, and I was really into my sports, so I was like, I need to do something that I can just do. I want to I want to keep playing as much sport as possible. So I knitted a beanie because that was like it was supposed to be fifty hours worth of work, and for me then a beanie was maybe. I've if that with yeah. including making the pom pom and everything, and everyone was blown away that I I'd made this thing because it just just wasn't a it wasn't a normal skill to have I guess or a usual skill to have and I remember being so proud of it I've still got it it was my first grown up beanie so it was very cream and and sleek it was beautiful um, and the teacher was like well this is all very well and good but like how are you possibly going to make a career out of knitting and I was like <laughs> looking back now I was like you have no idea what what this industry and the passion and the mm. they're just all in of the people. Mm. Mm. So all that growing up, it was always very much a part of what I did. As, as soon as people reached that threshold, you'd get a beanie, and then when you reach another threshold, you get a blanket or a jumper or something. And it was it was always so good. When I met my partner, we started wool days together, and we started making things together. Um, I had a broken leg at the time, and so I had a lot of spare time on my hands. And he every week it was like he'd get a beanie, and then they just get getting and like there's a little beanie, and then a bigger beanie, and then the relationship through and then so you get a scarf and it just he has so he got so much stuff so very early on in our relationship knitting was a really big part of um who I was and kind of how we how that relationship grew which was wonderful and we went off and did some amazing things together and we were we over the last eight years, we've almost lived in eight different either countries or states. So we're always somewhere different. And at one stage, we were living on a sheep farm just near the Grampians um, in Victoria, which is a stunning place. And we were we weren't solely responsible for the sheep because we didn't know what we were doing. But it was very much we wanted to embrace that experience. And while I was there, the the drive to not only have a like. We have, like you said, we have so many sheep, but the mm. story that connects the, you know, the sheep and the farm to the end product, something gets missed along the way. Some people are doing it, but there was, I just wanted a larger story to be told, the story of, you know, yarn or paddock to needles, so that entire story of the yarn, but also the story of a brand that told the story in a way that made it feel relevant to me. So something that was modern and beautiful and elegant and I could see myself getting excited about wanting to buy it just as much as wanting to make something with it. So 
that's where Wool Days kind of started. It was just filling a hole and it was amazing how quickly and how that just became our entire lives about creating different yarns with different stories and sharing those stories with the community. And we spent quite a bit of time, like we, it was a very good practice for running, making things, working on that business together. It was just the two of us. I did all the community stuff or the knitting stuff or the yarn stuff and all the business stuff. And then Rob took it all. And I think he did something for knitters and for craft that hasn't necessarily been done you know, a zillion times before. And then he took something and he made it beautiful and completely modern and relevant, which was just wonderful. And I think that's part of what we were trying to do, but also what created that larger connection. And then from all the events that we were running, um, both in real life, um, which were just beautiful, but also online events and the community that we were building, it was like, we'd answered this question of tell me a good story about wool, but there was always this overriding question of but how do we keep this accessible? How do we keep it relevant? How do we keep it a part of what we do? Like as we move forward, you know, we'd talk to people and I couldn't I couldn't see myself in five years doing this thing and access um accessing it in a way that was still, you know, we we do so much and I didn't want to have to leave this part of my life behind because it wasn't as accessible as the rest of my life in terms of having it whenever I wanted it, being able to make with friends know where, to, where they were in the world. Like we lived in Dalesford. By the time we started Wool Days, we were living in Dalesford on a beautiful 20-acre block, no one around, which is totally my dream. But then when people came over, it was wonderful. But when they left, yeah. like if we'd started something together, how do you keep that going? And it was just that was the bigger conversation and I felt like Wool Days was serving a purpose but who was answering the bigger question and I think not in a anything other than well if I want the question answered maybe I should go start answering that question so we started and we explored a lot okay well what does accessible mean what does that look like what's that nugget that you can start and then you can grow upon and and I think the best thing that we decided with making things was that I make totally different to the way you make. Everyone does it a different way. We have so many commonalities, but we each come at it from so many individual directions. And a massive part of that was saying, I don't want this to be Megan's app the way that Megan knits things um, or makes anything. It's about as many people as possible and listening to as many people as possible and making sure what we make sits at the very core of something that satisfies all people. So yeah, we got a group of 500 knitters and crochets and designers and we just talked and we listened and we gave them an app and it was like so, so basic, but we wanted them to use it and build upon it and tell us what was good and tell us what was bad. And almost every 24 hours, we'd release a new version of the app, which for us, like, I don't think I've slept at all this year, maybe, maybe <laughs> once, I'm not sure, but it was crazy from day one, like when we released the app, which... Like the app's beautiful now. The first app was it wasn't meant to be beautiful. It was just meant to be functional. And honestly, it was it was good, but it was bad. Like it wasn't there. But the first day, the average of those five hundred people, they spent six hours in there on that first wow. day. And we're like, okay, maybe we have something here. Yeah. And then that first week, like the just the it was filling a hole very poorly, but clearly there was a hole there to be filled about how we access things. So when they when they go in, what 
what are they telling you they're finding when they're actually visiting the app? Because I know that oh, you can tell us what's in there, but I'm curious to know what yeah. they felt they were finding um, in the in Yeah, the I think it was really interesting. I feel like first and foremost, it was that someone was asking them what they wanted. Here's something I've made for you. What's your opinion? Come and help co-create it with me. And that for them was I feel like I'm missing something and I feel like for so many people that was something different, but no one had ever seemed like as a collective who's come along and said, I'm going to build something for us. What do we want? And I think that, that they were being listened to. And I think one of the best things we did was as soon as we heard something, we'd take a poll for the day and what was the thing that was either most frustrating or most exciting and overnight we'd build it or we'd fix it or we'd make it better. And then the next day we'd release it. So for them to say, I found this frustrating and for us to come back 24 hours later and it was fixed or it was better or it was different or whatever, whatever you know, yeah. the majority of people were asking for. And I think that, that once they saw that two or three times, it was like, you know, we're not just asking you questions, but we're actively listening and we want to be co-creating with this with you just because we've got, you know, Rob's got the expertise to go in there and use his black screen and code, which, you know, when he looks at knitting, he, he's all right now, but when he looks at knitting, he probably feels the same way that I do when I look at his code. Um, but that that we had a direction and that, that people were being listened to. And then from what this initial idea that was even really hard to define at the start of what does accessibility mean for creativity moving forward as our lives get faster, that hasn't been for me to define that has been defined itself over the last six or seven months with this group of people that we keep building upon and the conversations we keep having and the improvements we keep making and it's it's just it's exciting to mm. see this being brought to life like I don't feel like this is mine I feel like this is everyone's who's helped us build it like some ideas have been like oh my god that's a brilliant idea and I think something that's exciting from a creative point of view is that we're so used to thinking outside the box of like, how can we do this? How can we do that? And because we're not technically minded people for the majority, like we're not all also sitting there coding apps or anything. So we don't have the normal limitations of, is that even possible? So we'd come to Rob and he'd be like, I didn't even think about it that way, but that is totally possible. Yeah. Whereas if you're a coder, you'd be so limited in your thinking yeah so it's this beautiful combination of someone with the skills to make just bring to life a vision that people have got so tell me from um for people that have no idea what to expect from the app and what and then how is how are they what will they what they can they expect to find in there and how is it different from things that are already out there i mean revelry is obviously huge and then there's other apps and things that people use in relation to knitting but what is making things actually what can they find when they open the door and they come in? What when they look around? What are they going to find? Are they finding community or are they finding pet? Um, what are they actually finding in there? Yeah. So what we're doing is, um, we've because of all the people that have been involved, the vision has grown massively, and we're so excited. And I can talk to all those features because I'm so excited about them. But like anything, you have to you have to start somewhere. So where we're starting is tools to access any pattern, anywhere you like. So things like, um, so the the app itself works on any device. So your computer or your phone or your tablet, wherever you've got internet, basically. For now, we're going to have an offline version as well. So you can do it on the plane or when you're at your house with no internet or whatever it is. But so just simple things, row counters, notes, highlighters, bookmarks, but things that because we've taken a real world, you know, like highlighter or ruler and turned it into a digital version, 
that's step one. But then all of a sudden you say, well, what are you actually trying to achieve with this highlighter or this bookmark or, you know, the row count or the number count? So that's what we've got at the moment in terms of just some, just a solid, solid tool set of kind of everything you need while you're interacting with the pattern. But we're also creating um, a pattern translator, which basically means that any pattern can get input. The translator will read it as in every, I read this as a knit stitch and I know what that is. This is the translator thing. And it will spit it out so that the pattern is truly, truly interactive. So we're so used to patterns being flat, which means that you look at a page and, and we interpret it. So soon we'll be able to have truly interactive patterns where the pattern itself, it helps bring it to life for you. So we'll be able to go from um, written pattern to a 3D model of a pattern. So you can adjust, you can move things around. You can Ooh. say, I have really long arms. How do I do that? And you can see what it looks like before you go trying it um, on your needles for the first time. So super exciting things coming, but at the moment it's just the more, it's a, they're not basic, it's a really good solid foundation for those, um, for all those patterns. And the other half of what we've done, which has been a complete evolution out of this process, is the idea of um, the patterns themselves where we get them from, how we support designers and how we access those um, patterns themselves. So we started with the marketplace model because that's just how our industry works. And mm. as we were evolving these tools, we started to ask bigger questions of, is this the best way to be supporting the people who create the content around the, which the entire industry revolves? Like, we all buy beautiful yarns and we all are inspired to make these things that a relatively smaller subset of people create for us. So how do we make sure that we are valuing their work in such a way that it allows them to freedom of creativity? And one of the things that I believe that allows freedom of creativity, it's quite boring, is helping to create a sustainable and predictable income for designers. Because if you don't have that, you don't have freedom of creativity because you have to make something that you might think will sell better or is seasonal or is this or is that. So we get less diversity in the patterns that are created every every season or every year. Um, so that got us round to the idea of a subscriber share model. So one of the things we saw in the beta app with everyone using it was that people were loving discovering new designers on there because they had a level of trust in the platform because we have a very we're all about being inclusive, not exclusive, but we do have a standard that every pattern on the platform is tech edited, tested, and just has clean, clear photography. So you know what you're making. Mm -hmm. But because of that standard, people are happy to go in and out and discovering new designers has become one of the favorite things for people to do on the platform because they've got confidence in who the designer is and that they're going to have a pattern of kind of just just a base level standard. We didn't want to make it unachievable for anyone, but we just did want to have that standard. So the model is that it's a subscription model. So you subscribe for $11.99 a month and you get unlimited, unlimited access to every single pattern on the platform. And every time we add new patterns, they're within your subscription. So it's kind of like Netflix for knitting. You subscribe and it is all yours. And the beautiful thing is while that represents incredible value for us as makers, it is incredibly supportive of designers in helping them to create not only value from their um, patterns, but that income that's sustainable and predictable so they can go and be more creative. Um, so, sorry, that was a really long answer no, but to come around to your question <laughs> of like 
how is it different to everything else out there? Like we have a lot of similarities, but at the same time, there's nothing else out there that's kind of ground up, community first driven company that is about supporting the people who create the content as a platform, um, which then in turn supports the entire community. Mm-hmm. No, it's, <laughs> I, it's, and it's not a boring thing because you're right. Um, to have predictability of income as a designer is, yeah, it would, is amazing, that, that the prospect of that. No, it's super exciting. I think um, there's so much there's so much potential from, you know, talking to you and, and things we've talked about. How many designers do you have on there at the moment? How many um, patterns can people access? Um, so at the moment, we've had to actually shut the door at the moment because we ran out of room. So we've got 130 designers and 1,500 patterns from some of the best designers in the world. So easy to join up. They just have to visit the app and, and yeah. fill so in their details. Just- yeah, it's just like a normal subscription service. So you can go in, you can have a look at all the patterns we have available on the platform before you sign up. So you can go in and see, like you can't look at the pattern body itself, but yep. you can see What's there are there? of all the patterns. So you can go and say, wow, there's 50 patterns here I want to make for $11.99 a month. Like, you know, that's that um, that's amazing value for me and I'm glad that I'm supporting the designers. So, yeah, you just name, username, payment details, and that's it. You get a profile page. So you've, you've got, a, it's, we wanted to create a beautiful infrastructure that highlighted the patterns themselves. So the things that you're making. So when you were, and looked at your queue, it was beautiful because we, we, we're so used to surrounding ourselves with beauty. And I think that we haven't had someone that's come along with the ability to translate that into a technical sphere that mm-hmm. highlights what we do. We're so used to having to do it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. Oh, it's really exciting. It's really exciting. So is there a chance for people to meet each other in the app as well? Will forums come out of this and will people be able to chat? And Yeah, so we haven't built out that functionality yet. So everything we do, um, we always test somewhere first. So we've got a small group that we're testing all the chat stuff because people are so excited about it and the the group's loving it, but it's it's almost people are so excited. We, we want to make sure we do it right the first time. So yeah. initially we won't have any chat functionality just in terms of making sure that how you talk to people and how forums are set up. Because if we're reimagining things, let's reimagine everything because, you know, patterns and making between those two sit community and who we make with and how we discover things. And that is absolutely at the core of what we do. And we want to make sure we do it right. So that's Literally, we'll launch and that's the next thing on the list to do. And I guess you'll have more people that can then give you a hand with telling you what they want once more people are in, won't they? And you've called it Making Things, which suggests a broader uh, sense of creativity. Do you see that in the future as well? Sort of a broader um, embroidery and weaving? and Do you see that happening or is it at the moment it's it's just knitting? Um, It's just knitting. mm. Absolutely. So I think one thing I learned, I learned a lot of things, but I think one thing I learned from Wool Days was not to be restrictive in your vision and Wool Days just didn't translate. So we were very intentional with the naming of making things to keep it as broad as possible because so many of us, and it seems to be an increasing thing that we don't just knit, but we sew and we embroider and we do so many different things as ceramics and, and there is no, I just don't feel like there's a home for creativity and I don't feel like not as at home as in a brand or a service, but an infrastructure, somewhere mm. we, we can go and we can trust as individuals, as designers, as yarn store owners, as 
um, like full days, like young companies, like where do we go? Where's the infrastructure that supports us in what we do? So we're starting with knitting because it's my, my everything. But yeah, we were incredibly intentional to keep it open because a lot of what we do so the next thing will probably be sewing and needlework. Needlework's the easier one, but I think sewing's the more exciting one. Um, so just thinking about that and then how, how broad can you go with it? But always, 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 like like everything, that's come out of the community saying, well, I sew as well. Like, wouldn't it be great if that was in here too? Yes. Mm. yes. <laughs> yeah, just make all and your I, clothes all together. No, I totally love that I idea. Wouldn't. Mm, yeah, yeah no that's fantastic oh it's super exciting I just wish you all the best I'm Thank in there you. I'm in there and I'm just really I've, I've still got more patterns to give you I think <laughs> but um, <laughs> I'm really excited to see where it goes I just think from talking to you we've got there's so much potential and it's just so nice to create um, a hub I mean for me you know community is so central to to what's going on and the idea that we've got something where everyone can congregate that isn't Instagram just would be wonderful yeah, you know I just think it's really needed out there it's a lovely idea Once I got a fish and love you, you can do it 